It is a new day in America and also Canada. We are here for the first ever inaugural episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Uh, with us is the newly crowned president of the United States of Dungeons and Ter Territorials that fall under the diapers vicinities. I am talking, of course, about President Steers, Crofton, and Vice President Ryan Murphy, the second Skeptical best president. <laughs> yeah, I, I was wondering how long it was going to take you to push that button. Ryan's got a soundboard, That's everybody. Or, wait. Angry face. Okay, there you go. You get it out of your system? I did, yes. I, you know what? I got it working. So, but that's it. That's all. That's I. I was very skeptical of your uh, of your introduction. It almost went off the rails. Yeah, and then and then I did I did the one thing that I knew how to do that would break break this unending um, spiel of American uh, parallelism. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but yeah, we're here. We're back. We're not talking we about Star Wars tonight. So no, we're not. That was good though. It's good to have Jordan. It was on. good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, you, just so you know, Ryan, mm. uh, you, you and I can no longer travel on the same plane, um, because, uh, you know, there's the no podcast, succession. If, if the plane went down, the podcast would have to end. So, well, well, also the president and the vice president, they can't be on the same plane, right? They have to, they fly differently. It's the line of succession, right? Is that a rule? So, oh yeah, no, absolutely. Um, they're supposed to be kept separate, except like in Washington, D.C. and that sort of thing. But they're not supposed to travel together or whatever. That's the vice president. You're pretty much there in case I take a bullet, right? God forbid. Uh, no offense, Ryan. Uh, you're, you're a valued part. The vice president's very important. It has lots of important roles. I can't think of any right now. But is that I'm all they do? Is they just wait for... I don't know if I like this line. Of. No, they they well, like in the podcasting community, they break uh, they break ties in the Senate, but that's about it. We have a um, Senate, <laughs> the podcasting that? Senate. You've never heard of it? No, oh, I've never heard geez. of the podcasting Senate. I um, who who presides over the podcasting? Scott Senate? Johnson actually is the. I was gonna uh, say he's the house leader of the uh, the podcasting Senate. Is there yeah, like sure. what are the what are the Republican and Democratic? Is it like? Is it like uh, um, the Democrats would be? What's the? Gosh, I had it and then I lost it. What's the pod? The Pod Save America guys. Uh, well, that's not what I was going for, but that, I guess that's close if you're keeping it to politics. But I was trying to think. What's the? What's the people that do the cereal and and whatnot? Uh, American Life. What's their thing? What's their tier? What do you mean NPR? Yeah, that's it. Their NPR would be the Democrats, and then who would be the Republicans? Joe I Rogan. I guess Fox News. Joe Rogan, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the Roganites. The Roganites. The, the, oh, God. Yeah. I can't believe I listened to some of that. It's. Uh, All right. Yeah. Well, well, we've taken that uh, I know. analogy about, we... as far as, about as far as it could go. So, this is our first episode of Dungeons and Diaper Saw Guest, and not themed in the sense that we're not going to be talking about Star Wars. So, we probably do have some catching up to do. So, without further ado, uh, we can get right into it unless Ryan, do you have any news to share with me? Yes. Uh, 
Do uh, we never talked about this pre-show? Are we are we are we going to tease the thing that we're going to announce probably in the coming weeks slash months slash hopefully not? I mean, years. is that something that people would be excited about? I, like, don't I feel know. like I feel like no. Like okay, I'm never. I won't ex- then. I'm never. I'm never excited when people <laughs> tease Patreons. You know, like no, you should. I'm going to bleep that out so that so that we can keep the tease alive. Well, then it's going to sound like people will fill in. <laughs> The the word Patreon was some other word. And yeah, it's going to sound like you're like, like bleeping. Yeah. It's just, wow, yeah, they're really like, hyping it, up the. People don't, I'll say like, you know, people don't get excited when they tease beep. You know, like it could be, it could, <laughs> could, could be anything. Yeah, Explicit, it could be anything. Yeah. It could be the. No, I, mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we're, we're, I, I. We're working on a Patreon. That's all I'll say. We're working on a Patreon. No one has to get excited. No one's get get on the hype train. Just that um, Croft and I have been working on this Patreon on and off for the last couple months. We've got some fun bonuses planned, some of which you've heard of, some of which you haven't uh, in terms of Dungeons and Diapers, not in terms of the overall podcasting world. But like, I think it'll launch in the coming months and yeah, give you guys an opportunity to support the show and get some extra cool content. That's it. And I will just say that, like, you know, when when they choose at the podcasting Senate, the committees and the committee heads, okay. if, you, if you don't have a Patreon, you can't get on committees. So uh, I'm just I just, you know, I felt that it was imperative that we, we get one start started so we yeah. can be seen as a real podcast in the eyes of our colleagues. It's true. It's true. If you aren't being sponsored i don't know i can't really think of anything uh yeah but the other thing i was going to ask you about um that if you went through this with your oldest because uh uh we've we've kind of been going through here we've you know we have the disney plus we've been watching some of the older disney movies and the newer ones and i don't know where i got this from i think it was from a polygon review of frozen 2 the term disney died so spoiler alert in frozen 2 Elsa, I guess in Frozen One, uh, Anna gets frozen, and she Disney dies is what has been coined as like she died. She she died. Everyone thinks she died, but really, you know, she didn't die because she's on the 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 box art. So then you look at Frozen Two. Well, and- she's that's because she dies at the end of the movie. She's been in the movie until the end. Oh, you're saying she Disney died because then she immediately gets resuscitated exactly. due to the power of sisterly love. Exactly, and then it happens in the second one. So. I don't oh, yeah. like I said this out, out loud in front of the kids like oh don't worry she just Disney died because like they just saw someone you know freeze to death in Frozen 2 and then we started watching like Snow White and some of the older ones and someone always Disney dies in those and then we're watching um, Sleeping Beauty and <laughs> she you know she touches the 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 gosh words today the the spindle the what are they called? It's an old fa- fashioned uh, uh, spin spinny thingy. What? Come on, help me out. I'll here. be on- I'll be honest. I never saw you Sleeping never saw Beauty. Sleeping is is it like a so? Uh, is it for sewing? It's uh, for sewing. Are- it's a sewing. I don't know. If it's a, I think it's a thread thread maker. It's an old school device. God, we sound stupid. I know, keep going. But, anyways, I'm gonna keep going. Anyways, she 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 touches it and she dies, and then I I I'm just kind of eating my my dinner, and it was movie night, and Caden Caden goes over. Don't worry, everybody. She just Disney died. She'll be back in 10 minutes. <laughs> That's amazing. And I thought, this is either the greatest thing in the world or is going to bite me in the butt because he's going to tell his his kids, his teacher, his teacher and his and his fellow classmates tomorrow in in remote learning because that's what he seems to do and I'll I'll tell a couple of those stories once we get to the diapers, I th- but 
I thought you meant like uh, it was going to bite you in the butt because one day you were going to be at his grandmother's funeral and he, she, oh. she was going to run up in front of everyone no. and be like, don't worry, everyone. She <laughs> just Disney died. And and uh, everyone would be like, what is he? He's traumatized. Yeah, but that if, poor boy. I guess it. Mm, yeah, that would be bad. That would be really bad. And uh, it, you're right. I don't know. As long as if to it be happened fair, at an I don't age know. where he didn't really understand death i guess like if he if he were to do that this year but in like 20 years i hope not like that would be no obviously and i'll be honest i didn't know this this is interesting to me the term disney died now that i know it it's like it's something's been revealed to me and i see it i see it across the across the board and i'll you know i'll be paying attention for that stuff before when i saw disney died in the snow show notes <laughs> i was a, i was a little bit concerned that you had a cat or dog no, named disney no. and that they died and i was like oh that's such a bummer ryan's going well, to bring the show trying to bring the show up from your your clear uh <laughs> you know metaphor no comparisons to uh American Whatever. politics, but uh, yeah. It's a new day in America, Ryan. Speaking sure. of new days, uh, one of the things that has um, people may have noticed, and I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this at one point, but like I used to talk about VR a lot on the show, and then all of a sudden I stopped, and uh, it seemed bizarre to me. And uh, maybe I mentioned this, but my VR headset stopped working, and I oh, was no. frustrated. I was frustrated about that, uh, and I put it on the shelf. And I was like, uh, you know, it was the HDMI and it was no, not working anymore. And yeah, the, the the whole VR headset was looking a, a bit worn. And so around and all of that, I started uh, looking for um, sales on the, the new Oculus Rift, whatever, Majiggy, the super one that's uh, that was out of stock everywhere. The Rift uh, S? Uh, no, the, the... Are you going for the Quest, Quest the well, I would I would have it was out of stock, mm. but the quest the quest two can be connected to your computer via cable. All of that it was, I was I was like okay, you know I'm going to and I listened to a podcast where they said you can even stream to it, and so you can you can um, get your supercomputer going and then stream mm-hmm. and play all the greatest games with wire free VR, which is great. It does but work great. Yeah, I had oh you've tried it. Yeah, so I have a quest and it. It allows you through virtual desktop to do the streaming. Now, mind you, the Quest 2 runs it a little better because it has a higher refresh rate and a, and a faster processor. Um, but it works. It surprisingly works quite well. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Once you well, get it set up, mind you, it takes some tinkering, but yeah. It works. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. And, and that's that's another uh, another thing, because I will get to the, the next point, which is just that. Like I bought a lot of games on VR for some reason. Buying games on VR, maybe because they're less expensive. Generally, I know this is something I mentioned before. I'm much more likely to do it than buying a game elsewhere. Maybe it's because the experience just feels so big to me that it's like. And we're in a pandemic, so obviously there's that. So anyhow, I got. Um, uh, I have a lot of a fairly big VR game library, and it was kind of bothering me. I bought this new SSD hard drive for Cyberpunk. And um, all these games, like Half-Life Alex in particular, but also some of um, Asgard's Wrath, they took forever to load in VR. And I was like, oh, man, it's too bad I didn't have this huge SSD hard drive before. And it's pretty easy in Oculus to migrate migrate the games over from one hard drive to another. And so I, I did that and was like, let me see if I can get the headset working. And sure enough, for whatever reason, I connected it and it worked. Um, and so my old headset is back in business and I was so excited. 
played me some Beat Saber and a couple of other games. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's all I'll say about it now, but I expect to talk a lot more about I'm, I'm looking to play uh, to get back into Half-Life Alex and some of these other games um, in the next little while. So I'll, ha- I'll have updates on them and I'm glad to be back in the VR business. I will say though, the frustrations again are immediately paramount. Ryan mentioned the setup. Um, I played one night and, and I've been taking these vitamins and they've been giving me more energy. I'm pretty sure it's the vitamin. So I have the energy to do the VR in the evening. Evening, which has been one of my big things where after a work day and kids and all of that it's been tough finding that yeah. energy you just want to collapse on the couch but but uh, I had the energy last night and I sat down and I started tinkering, tinkering and the stupid sensors wouldn't set up correctly and I spent like no joke half an hour and I, it, I was close to having it set up and then I just threw everything down and I was like F it I'm going to sit on the couch and play a game. And that's hey, what I ended uh, ended up doing. Yeah. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say. Um, uh, I had this, this issue on the Gamers Inn as we were talking about me wanting to buy a, a PlayStation 5. And um, I think I'm kind of at the point where I, th- I figure I'm going to want one. Eventually, the price isn't going to go down. Availability is just crazy. So I might as well start trying now to have it when i absolutely need it plus you know what else are we doing we're all inside playing video games having a faster frame rate sounds pretty good um what i would say to you crofton is if if you if you have the means to do so even though you have a working rift i would suggest if you can get your hands on a quest 2 you should go grab one because here's the thing setup is non-existent with it you lit i so here's what i do with mine like I, I take mine upstairs. I it's it's fairly clear. There's a big light that I can turn on and you don't need sensors, you don't need a computer, you don't need anything. It's either all in the headset or it's all streamed wirelessly. And um I'm able to play Half-Life Alex in my living room with the PC downstairs in the office and the Wi-Fi router in the living room. Why have you never talked about this before? This, this was probably a year ago. I don't know why I never talked to you because I figured Why do you was... never why do you never play? You have this kick-ass VR rig, and now you have a wireless headset, and yeah. you've got Half-Life Alex, and you have all this stuff, and you just you're not you're not using it. Well, I mean, I'm still like you. Once the like, I'm unable to play until the very end of the day, and it is it is rather rather uh, taxing. But what I'll say is, like in terms of setup, you just you throw the headset on. Sometimes you have to confirm you know, your boundary again, but honestly, if you're, it remembers the last place you played. So if the last place you played was in your normal setting, you don't have to reset it up. You just put it on, load the game up and you're good to go. And yeah, that'd be so good for you. I would suggest it. I mean, I, I don't think like, again, you know, the value of items, it's all relative to, you know, people's budgets and stuff. But the quest two is, is as far as I understand, like it's under 400. It's not too Bad. yeah no I'll, I'll check i'll check it out i have a couple of best buy gift oh, certificates for my my birthday and christmas and stuff now here's the thing ryan it's is it, that i i was thinking about it oh, i hear you muttering about it's, price. it's 400 dollars for the 64 gigabyte and honestly like there's no expandable storage but um for the why most would part. you why would you get a bigger one like when you can stream like you would just put it on your computer hard drive right like you don't put stuff I mean, on the like yeah the the experiences are like half-life alex is exclusive to the pc uh vr um asgard's wrath pc vr yeah most of the time the games you're gonna 
opt in on the quest that you're going to want to play like beat saber to have like that one-to-one motion or, or maybe I just picked up Tetris effects not too long ago. Those type of games are so minuscule that 64 gigabytes is going to last you a while. Yeah. It's like a gig for beat saber. I just transferred it last night. Yeah. So, I mean, personally, I think that, uh, you'd be fine with 64 gigabytes. I think the two fifty six is like, if you're, if you're like loading movies on there or, or trying to find like the, the the most sophisticated games for the quest but really like the quest isn't there at, isn't at a level where you require um where you have like 20 gigabyte plus installs you know yeah so. i think i get the cheap version i i do see like like it, i'm going to be either connecting into a pc or wireless to the pc mm-hmm. most of the time and, and you're right like the other games like the the lower impact ones like the beat sabers and all that i i will put on there this this vr chat ended up taking up a lot more than i <laughs> time than i thought but i will just say that one thing about vr and you know maybe you and i could do this again i was talking about this with some of my friends recently because like it's tough for me to recommend wholeheartedly that they shell out for a vr headset but obviously everybody's feeling isolated right now everybody wants to see their friends more and i have played enough of these vr games where like a lot of them it honestly it's it's uncanny how much you feel like you're talking to somebody kind of in real life or that they're there in some capacity like lone echo um when you're floating around in zero G and sort of the arena area like just before a match you can like the way it works is that you have the mic in the headset and you have the earphones. So everybody's chatting all the time. They're all talking. And I know for an introvert, this is a nightmare in many ways because it's like, you can't, you know, like everybody is, is on voice chat. There's no like being quiet, but it's also like, just like real life. That's what real life is to a certain, you know, is everybody can talk and everybody can, you can choose to listen or not. And it works with distance so that if somebody's getting closer to you, like in real life, they're louder. If they're further away, they're quieter. And when they're moving their arms and, and just with the touch controllers and how it simulates things, it just feels like a real person. And I know that that's somewhat sad, but it's the fact of the matter is that we're in a world where we're not getting to hang out with our friends the way that we want to. And we're doing Skype and we're doing all these things. Well, now you could play games. And I know you and I, we tried playing a disc golf in Rec Room. And Rec Room is a very stylized game. It's very much, it. it I, I never really felt like, I necessarily that you are right there, but I have played games. There was one that was like a tennis type game where if you weren't playing, your avatar is kind of standing over it and you look like a human. You look like you look like a person, like you don't graphically, you don't look like it, but you're moving your arms and I'm talking to somebody. He's like, Hey, I'm in Texas. I'm like, Hey, I'm in Canada. And, And the way that I'm moving, like, in the way that he's moving it's like we're people right it's not like you're not unlocking an emoji to be able to do a thumbs up or something Mm -hmm. you know Uh, so i I really do like that and it'd be really great if a lot of people had vr and we could get on it and have virtual hangouts right now i think that that would be and i know that there are apps that that support that type of thing but the barrier for entry is still super high everybody needs a headset you know or or vr controllers and not everybody's willing to make that purchase and i understand why i i it's tough for me to recommend to people hey shell out 400 bucks for what's there right i I think specifically for you it's it's a good investment but in terms of the the wider you know gaming population like if you if you have 500 dollars to spend on a device for your video games 
I highly recommend trying to find an Xbox Series X or a PlayStation 5. Like that is the, or even just, or even a Switch. Although I'd hold off on the Switch because there's talk of a a next-gen Switch at some point this year, which is great for all of our wallets. Um, I just, I I think there, there are better investments, but if you're a, if you're a power user and you like to have a little bit of everything, um, it's, it's an easy way. It's an easy entry to VR, I think. And it it is the best entry because it gives you all the options. It gives you the PC VR. It gives you wireless streaming. It gives you on headset experiences. And yeah, it's, it is pretty shitty that it's tied to Facebook, but I mean, if you already have a Facebook profile, like they have everything on you. So don't, I I get it. Like I've been more cognizant of the whole privacy thing lately. And I think, um, yeah, the linking to your Facebook account, if you already have a Facebook account, it's not as big a deal, but if you were trying to get away from Facebook, that is a huge barrier for a lot of folks, but it is the best standalone headset available right now. Um, so it's it's tough. It's it's a really there's a lot of things to consider. I think when it comes to VR, I just think it's one of those things where it's like if you're struggling like now, right now, like a lot of us are, then it it it, it might not be something you consider. But you don't need a PC for it either. You can just like you won't get those big AAA experiences, but you can get a lot of the really fun experiences. You can do a lot of you know VR with your friends. So anyway, worth exploring. Although mm-hmm. don't limit the stock because I might try to buy some. Uh, Ryan, in your fun soundboard, do you have something for the dungeons and diapers sections? Like now we're going into the dungeons. Can you play the dungeon sound? I'll wait. Yeah. Come back, big fella. I'm going to make you a star. Oh, (laughs) don't worry. I'll get Uh, real bumpers and we will not do the, the, it will not all be Paw Patrol and Naughty. I promise. That's just what I have handy. All right. So, uh, Let's go like you're let's go with recency. You you're talking about stuff that is more recent and relevant, I think. Yeah. So why don't you why don't you uh tell us what you got going on? And again for the if you're a new listener and you've managed to make it this far <laughs> listening to our banter without having any idea what the show is about, well 20 thank you. minute pre-show. Yeah, uh we're generally Ryan and I here we talk about uh some of the the geeky goodness we got going on in our lives in the dungeon section and we talk about some of the child care and child challenges we have in our lives in the diaper section. Um and we tend to start off with dungeons, you know, a little bit of sugar to make the medicine go down. So Ryan is going to start with what he has got going on the past couple of weeks. Yeah. So um like a lot of MCU fans, I've been watching WandaVision. And I will keep this super spoiler free because uh, I think that show benefits from, mm, I don't know, like it's tough to say. I think we're getting on the cusp of you're going to want to start watching this show catch up and start watching it weekly because we're getting into the here are some answers phases to the show. It's a very mysterious show. If you've seen the trailers, it's based on um, sort of showing Wanda and Vision in, you know, quote-unquote trapped in some sort of like 60s 70s sitcom era and that the first three episodes are very much that as you start to realize there's something a little weirder going on um but i think just as a warning to all those folks who have said oh i think i'm gonna just binge it we're getting to the point where i think episode four is going to have some spoilable moments similar to i think with uh mando where week to week there was something that you could be maybe not week to week but every couple weeks there was something that you you saw it on twitter and be like ah well that sucks i kind of wish i could have experienced that for myself not necessarily speaking to 
the ending of the season and nothing that crazy, but I think like just those little moments that they have built into this week to week show. So you are getting to that point because I know Crofted, you had mentioned that you were holding off or at least you were thinking of trying to convince uh, Jess to watch it with you. Yeah, we're still holding off. Um, and uh, my understanding, again, is, you know, like it homages sitcoms episode to episode. I'm familiar enough with the Scarlet Witch and Vision characters from the comics that I know, like, that the Scarlet Witch can create her own realities and stuff. My feeling is that that's what this show is about. But, like, likely it's going to be a slow burn with, like, little bits of the larger mystery revealed throughout the episodes so i just feel like i can wait to the end because also my my understanding and correct me if i'm wrong here is that the sitcom homages are going in chronological order and um i uh, like i did not even though a lot of people did my age did watch reruns of like i love lucy or the dick van dyke show or shows like that on on uh tv um i did not i did not see those shows i've seen mm. them like an episode here or there is like a historical sort of curio uh, i think i even watched an episode of i love lucy for a course in college but like i definitely don't have any sort of emotional affinity to those and now and then even sitcoms of like the 60s and 70s like i watched all in the family that was on like i i there was a repeat of all in the family but i most of them like I did not watch the Bewitched, the Jefferson, um, the Jeffersons. Uh, a lot of the a lot of these shows I did not watch. So the homages that they ha- have early on, I likely won't. They won't tickle my fan service as much as once I expect that they'll have later, including like the '80s and '90s, and maybe even the 2000s uh, with the mockumentaries and all of that. Like if they continue, then I'm gonna find the show much more enticing to get into but right now i feel like i can wait and uh, we watch like a trailer for it looked it looked kind of cool and i respect what they're doing here i just it's just not like must see tv yet for me yeah i think um I, i think for me i was just so starved for mcu content i know we've had this chat about like well i think after spider man i'm i'm good and I think it's just, I really like these characters. And with Vision's predicament at the end of Infinity War uh, and and Wanda returning at the end of Endgame, you know, they leave those two characters in this situation where I think they were just getting to an interesting point. And now that we get, we get to revisit them through the show. And I totally respect people who, I, I honestly think people who are waiting to watch it, if, if you can, if you're not as engaged with the here's the thing i found with wandavision there hasn't been a lot of conversation online similar to uh mandalorian where things are being spoiled at four in the morning after the episode airs wandavision has kind of been a slow burn both on disney plus and on the internet where people are just kind of they're into it but they're respecting the show i think a little bit and I, I'm laughing just because I've imagined it. You're like four in the morning, right? Ryan's like, I'm in bed. Didn't watch, didn't watch the Mandalorian. He's staying up. He's refreshing Twitter over no. and over. And then at four in the morning, there's a spoiler for the Mandalorian. He's like, I knew it. I knew it. Damn you, Twitter. Why did well, you spoil me? Like Mandalorian would have stuff trending the day after that would pop up on Twitter. Yeah, and I, I, and I know. Isn't having that, and I think that's a that's a great thing for the show for people who want to wait. And I think. Yeah, like just as a warning, like I think this Friday's episode is going to be one of those that kind of 
breaks the glass a little bit in terms of what's happening and there's going to be more discussion. I don't know for a fact what is going to happen, but I get this sense that we're heading to this the the mystery crescendo is is happening and we're going to get some answers. Um but it is a very mysterious show. You really don't know what's going on, but I appreciate sort of the homages to the old school television uh, like you. I never really experienced those old school sitcoms. I remember at my grandma's they had these like VHSs that would be put on Sunday after mass when we were there for breakfast and like it would just be these really old black and white shows. I think one was like uh the Bell Bell uh, Hillbillies, the Beverly Hillbillies and other things like that. Um right now in the show like they kind of go by decade and I think uh, by the fourth episode, they're kind of teasing like probably stuff closer to you and I, like the 80s, 90s um, with um, the Urkel show. I can't remember what it's called or Married with Children. Looks like it might be Family parody. Matters. Yeah, Family Matters. Thank you. And uh, um, Full House. Um, uh, Roseanne. You see a bit of Roseanne in there. It's I, I think like I think I'm going to appreciate that more once they get to a decade that I live through. <laughs> and uh they haven't quite got there yet but i am looking forward to that and i'm just happy that the mcu is back and i think it were it's working well on tele on on disney plus it's also hilarious that they they're like they they're committing to the bit and they're committing to this homage when when in fact their key audience their key demographic for this superhero content like my mom would appreciate an homage to i love lucy you know but she does not give a shit about the mcu so like it 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 is just funny that like the 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 overlap on a venn diagram between i love lucy diehards and uh you know diehards is probably pretty small and the fact that they instead of you know doing a sitcom like from the 80s, 90s, or 90s, or 2000s, or whatever, and just doing one sitcom. They're going through all these old ones. I think it's ballsy, and I, I like seeing the MCU stretch its muscles now that it ha- has earned kind of the right to. Especially, this is their first TV show, and I was curious to see what they would do. I would like to pick up on your MCU stuff just to talk about, because maybe, maybe I was jonesing for that type of content as well. Uh, I took a break from Cyberpunk. I'm not finished it. I put in a lot of time. Um, I felt that uh, I needed I needed to pause. I'm at the point of no return, but there's a lot of the bonus stuff that I've done a lot of bonus stuff and I want to continue doing bonus stuff. I was, maybe Jordan talked me into um, not sitting at my computer as much, but I definitely was feeling computer overload because I was sitting there playing a lot of Cyberpunk day in, day out. So uh, I want to get back to it and I will get back to it, but I stepped away before it was done. And I decided to unwrap one of the gifts I got for Christmas, which was Marvel's event on ps4 ryan i know you have played this game quite a bit um just briefly what was your what was your overall takeaway like on the gamers and stuff what did what did you think about it um the story i really like the story i really like the way they uh chose to lead with miss marvel which was a character that has not been given the mcu treatment just yet although they have a series coming out and um well, actually, Miss Marvel's being played by, I think, someone out of Markham, uh, funny enough, so a, uh, a young Canadian. And, um, yeah, like, I, I really felt like that story was really well told. It was it was a Marvel story that, as someone who's connected with the movies and television shows, it was unique in that aspect. Uh, maybe in terms of comic readers, it wasn't unique per se, but 
I really enjoyed it. And but then, you know, you get into the service side of it and it's just really it just feels like they took every piece of a of, of a free to play game design doc and threw it at the whiteboard and kept it all. And and it's just it's kind of a mess. I think there are like 11 currencies. Um, but if you really focus in on the story and and I know that Crystal Dynamics is is adding more story um kate bishop just got added and there was a bunch of new missions added for her and it looks like um we're going to be learning more about clint's edition uh in february so lots of the story stuff is worth playing the service stuff is not it is it's not fun that that was sort of my take i mean i think that that was the general consensus mm-hmm. um it is very much a hod- hodgepodge of these two types of games i know when before it was coming out everybody was like what's it going to be and there was a lot of confusion and that that saw its way into the final release i guess what i found is that this game got i don't know if raked across the coals is the right term in this case or if it really got if it was more apathy i'm not sure but definitely people were frustrated even before the game came out with the art style and the character models um and then then the game did come out and then it was like the marrying of these two things together however i have to say that i'm enjoying it much more than i expected and this might be a case of low low expectations and ryan everything you say is 100 percent true um and because of that and because i had heard that I normally I'm a bit of a completionist as you're seeing with cyberpunk. Like I'm trying to do all this side stuff before I, I push the main quest forward. The Avengers, I'm not doing that. I'm actually trying to push the main quest because I just feel to myself, I got a lot of games going on and I know that all the junk around the side is to do this sort of destiny like type game. And I don't care about that. So I'll just do this key core stuff, which is sort of unlike the way that I normally play these games. I'm not even doing, and and Ryan, I do have a question about this for you in a second, but I'm not even doing the heroic chains of missions. Like when you get a new character, you get this hero, it's like unlocked Captain America and his, you know, now, now you can do this mission that does his chain. And I'm like, that's probably a little bit more of a story change, but it still feels to me like it's, it's super, superfluous junk as compared to the main the main campaign and i could be i could be wrong about that but i'm leaving all those to the end i feel like i'll go to the main campaign and maybe i'll do those afterwards if i'm still into the game but i am enjoying the game immensely um in terms of the the campaign and i'm enjoying it for two two main reasons one is that the um that the, the campaign sometimes wants to be a naughty dog game uh and mm-hmm. i really i really like that part of it like and it honestly it was confusing to me the first three or four missions there's not even an inkling of service game or gear or loot or whatever it's very naughty dog-esque like you've got an opening you've got an opening bit um and with lots of detail walking around an area and, and all of this and then you've got an action sequence and then there's a time jump and then you're getting to know this character and she's jumping it's Miss Marvel, she's jumping rooftop to rooftop. Um, you know, there's predetermined routes that you can go and like you can explore a little bit or go off the beaten trail, but it feels very much like I'm playing Uncharted almost, like same type of thing. 
and then it expands, you know, it expands, it expands, it expands, it keeps expanding. Uh, and, uh, and then you start seeing the features of the game. Like it's a giant tutorial in a way for the, um, for the, the end, the end game pun intended. Uh, and so, yeah, I just, I guess I'm liking the campaign. And the other thing is the gameplay. And, um, it's just, it's just fun to play as these heroes in, like I was thinking about how many of them have been so poorly served in video games. Cause like, I mean, in terms of just controlling the character, the Iron Man controls. And I just found out yesterday after playing Iron Man for like three missions that you can change between like lasers, rockets and repulsor brays. Um, but the Iron Man controls are, it's essentially the best Iron Man game there's ever been. And then I've played, like I played other characters and it's like, it's, it's likely the best, well, it is the best Black Widow game. There's not that there's a ton of those. <laughs> best um, Captain but, America game. Best well, and best Hulk game. I did, probably not the best Hulk game. Pro, and I don't even know if it's the best Captain America game. In that there was a good Captain America game on Xbox 360. I never played it to tie in with the uh, was it good? the first. Of, I I heard it was like a seven on ten, but it was totally devoted to Cap. So there is that. Wait, who is the other character that I'm thinking of? That, well, Miss oh, Marvel. Thor. Oh, Thor. No, yeah, that's no, a good no, Thor. Mi- it, it's the best Thor game. I don't know. I, I don't know of a better Thor game. Maybe God of War, but um, but like aside know. from he's not technically in it yet. Yeah, but but uh, Miss Miss Marvel is different because she's that this is her first, or she's a relatively new character, and and that obviously it's her best game. Yeah, you're right. It's probably not the best Hulk game. There's better Hulk games, but like to to be the best game for all these characters. And yet, like, not to be, like, people, game. I guess gamers are very, you know, and I include myself in this, are very entitled. It is a flawed product. Yes, I get it. I get it. But I got, you know, like, like just the enjoyment I'm getting out of this campaign, like, I don't have to play any of that other junk. Yeah, this the gear annoys me. I wish it wasn't there. It's frustrating to be like I, I like cosmetics, like oh, a new Iron Man suit or whatever. That's cool, but like going through all the gear is is a pain. I I guess I'm just liking the game a lot more than I thought I would. It's clearly got this bastardized system on it, and when you get to the areas, it's so weird. It's particularly in terms of game design. I mentioned the Naughty Dog levels. When the Naughty Dog levels, which are customized to a hero and are very like campaign focused, are awesome. But as soon as you get to these levels that are kind of like they're they're made so that you can play any character. And it doesn't matter what their skill set is. So they have to take that into account. And it's kind of like these big open worlds. It feels different. Like the game feels different. It no longer feels like a single player adventure. It feels like a complete different thing. But even that, like I had a campaign mission last night where where I had the band back together. Like pretty much like a lot of the major Avengers. We were a group of four. And mm-hmm. I was Iron Man. And I was like flying above and shooting these. And it's, I'm, you know, I got my sweet TV and I'm looking at it. I'm like, this is all I've ever wanted in it, like in an Avengers game. Like we're blasting this giant robot with these vents and this, all this sort of stuff. And, not, you know, Hulk's busting his legs and, and everybody's, you know, bantering and, and this and that. So I, I do, there's a lot more there to like than I thought there would be. Yes, I agree with you. I think the game, rightfully so, uh, got. It, it, you, when you review a product, you review the the sum of all of its parts, right? Like it's it's really hard to ignore what they've placed in the game after the campaign. The campaign's maybe ten or so hours, 
and afterwards it presents you with the the treadmill essentially with minimal content for that treadmill and it's about grinding gear and building up your characters and slowly unlocking uh, more quests and more dungeons but really they're just kind of like here's a checklist to go through and destiny suffered from that from that problem but Destiny's also a great example of like if they work on it and they keep going which it they have to because they lost a bunch of money so they i think they're going to double down but um they can get there they can get there i i think what what the struggle was is that the campaign felt like a solid effort to give us an avengers game it is a solid avengers game and and i think they nailed the combat the fact that the combat is so varied across all these characters and all of them still feel like those characters you know they have similar archetypes like both iron man and thor have the flying sort of aspect but they're different enough right and black widow and captain america have the brawler aspect but again they're different like he's got she's got guns he's got a shield it feels really good. So if if you can find Avengers, um, you can probably get it at a discount now. Yeah, you can get it really cheap, and that's that's the thing too. I just I guess I saw it as damaged goods, and um, like in in the way that that time seems to have passed it by, and it, it, I think there were high expectations, and you know things didn't necessarily work out. The, and it's flawed. Like it's very mm-hmm. flawed by mer- merging these two things together. You said it very well. In the in, you've got to look at all these parts, and some of the parts are bringing the ship down a little bit. And and it, it I'll give you an example. Like the campaign could have existed by itself, but instead they try to like, and it's really it, you get hours into it before you unlock this war table and in and, and the selection of missions, but then it becomes very much like this weird even though you're playing single player this weird sort of like you go into these missions and then you can choose your companions and then they're ai controlled but it's all super weird because continuity goes out the window like for instance uh you know like hulk i i'm i'm playing as hulk in uh miss marvel at one point or or you know not super early in the game but we've we've met up with another character and he asks where Tony Stark is, and we're like, "Oh, we left Tony back at the helicarrier. He's not, he's not with us, or whatever. He's working on whatever." And then we start a mission for this guy, and Tony Stark is one of the companions you can take. And they made it clear that he's not there, that he's not. And then when, and, and he's in the mission, following you around, doing his stuff. And then when the mission ends, because it's a, it's a very much like it's like. You know, it's the mission feels like a lobby, like you going going into a multiplayer game or something that feels unnecessary. And and at one point early in the game, I did like I guess a side mission, the only side mission I did, and I somehow had Kate Bishop in my party. And this was before I knew how to add extras. Now Kate Bishop is is an additional character. She didn't launch with the game; she came out afterwards, and somehow she's in my party. And I had just fairly started, like I had Miss Marvel and I had Hulk. They're the two first that you have. And then I have Kate Bishop and she's running around and I'm like, where did she come from? And why is she in my party? <laughs> and somehow I clicked, like, I guess she was on the companions I could add because she's like DLC or something. But it just felt so random and nobody's talking to her. You know, Hulk's talking, Kamala's talking. It's like she's not there. She's shooting dudes. It was just so weird. And so there's a lot of that stuff where it's like, but again, like I, as I said with Cyberpunk, I could break Cyberpunk if I want to. But 
I choose not to. I choose to engage with it. And Marvel's Avengers is the same. There is stuff there that I can break in or I could let drive me insane. But for the most part, I'm able to to I, I see how they've made design errors, how they've merged these things together, how they could have kept it a certain way. But I can make it so that it's as close to a naughty dog-esque type experience as possible. Move on from one campaign mission to the next. Don't add companions that shouldn't be there, even though you could. Um, you know, like just try to try to keep it as as the game you want it to be. And that's what I've been doing. And the story has been surprisingly engaging. And um I think like I like I just hit a climax last night and I think I'm I'm on near probably near the end of it. Um I've just gotten all the all the playable characters now. Um and so uh so yeah uh, it's it's been good. It's uh I'll I'll for sure be done it next time we do this show, probably done with it entirely. But um if you see it cheap, man, pick it up, especially right now we're all searching for entertainment. And uh you mentioned it, Ryan, we're sort of starved for MCU content. And this is not that. It's not like the, the character models are off-putting uh for sure. Um, but I thought the voice acting and all, I'm on board with a lot of the versions of a lot of the characters based on their attitude and voice acting. Um, oh, last pet peeve on this game is that um, they, because they've chosen a weird design choice, which is to have characters do a lot of um, talking. Like when you're playing a character, they they're kind of narrating their experience. They're talking to themselves essentially. And that works with Kamala. Who's like, a teenager and is kind of a little awkward. And so when she's talking and sort of like, Oh no, here comes some more robots. What should I do here? It doesn't feel so bad. And Tony Stark is played by Nolan North. So he's like Drake from uncharted using the exact same voice. And we're used to Drake kind of talking to himself on these. So that's not awkward where I really noticed it was black widow. Cause you get her and you're playing this mission and she's not that great to begin with, like the scripting for her and Laura Bailey's performances and whatever. But but the way that she's she narrates stuff, I'm like, Black Widow would never do this. It's clearly just being done for an artificial reason to like pour story down your throat. But it just feels so like almost cringy. And so there are moments of that in the game, I thought. Anyway, I've been enjoying it overall. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. I think that... Um... The worry when it was announced was uh, the look and feel of the characters and the voice actors were going to be different from the MCU. But but I think like they, I think it it works well as its own product, and I think it's worth giving it a shot. I never would have chosen that art style, like Black Widow as well, and and like <laughs> there's a couple of others that just look like Captain America. Oh my God, you could not be more bland looking. Like in terms, I couldn't even tell you what he looked like. Um, there's, they really could have done a better job or gone with a cell shaded look or changed it up. I, I'm not a huge fan of the art style, but it's not, you know, it's definitely not the end of the world. Um, I have a question for you just before we move on, which is, um, those hero trains of missions for each of the characters, mm -hmm. um, like you've unlocked Thor's, uh, whatever mission, are those like heavy story or are they just, are they just like, you know, the, the multiplayer type style missions just with a little bit of flavor. Like I'm trying to decide if I should undertake those or not. Uh, they, they are, they are, you know, character specific, but they're, they're light on cinematic story, but they do have 
they do have story to them. They're kind of like half missions in terms of they're not like the big bombastic um, Nathan Drake type missions, but they are sort of a step above like the standard service missions. Like some of them are more interesting than others, but they don't have cinematics. They're just talky bits. So um, I still think they're worth doing because it's uh, they do present a little more character. And uh, yeah, I, I would say I would say you do them for sure. They're worth it. All right, I I will check them out. I'll probably go through the campaign and then then start them. Good stuff. Uh, well, I mean, before we move into the diapers, I just wanted to quickly talk about. Uh, I don't know. Did you see the trailer making the rounds? Godzilla versus Kong. Like, are you in I, the monster? I did, but I okay. I did see the trailer. Uh-huh. I watched it just because whatever. I said Godzilla versus Kong. Huh? This is happening. I will tell you, I did not know that there was a MonsterVerse. I did not know that there were three, <laughs> three other movies in the series. And this is like the fourth one. I was like, wow, I can't believe they're jumping straight to Godzilla versus King Kong. But then then I, I looked. I did a quick Wikipedia and I was like, oh, man, Kong Skull Island. Never seen it. Godzilla. N- never seen it. The Godzilla 2 or whatever. Never seen it. I was like, oh, man, I haven't seen any of these films. So to answer your question, no, I'm not going to watch <laughs> Godzilla versus Kong until okay. I watch these other movies. Here's the thing. I like you. Well, sort of like you. Um I knew I knew that the MonsterVerse existed. I loved Godzilla 2014 because that is my jam you've got brian cranston right out of uh, breaking bad and he's in it and it's godzilla like i remember the 98 godzilla i'm gonna say it i liked it at the point in which it came out at the age i was it hit all the right notes like it's not a great film but it's freaking godzilla and um i always liked the idea of godzilla and when 2014 godzilla came out like some people say like uh it's not that great it's like it's godzilla and most of those Godzilla films are unwatchable. That one at least is watchable. And um, I'm not making any friends here. And I really liked 2014 Godzilla, but then something happened. I think they, I don't know, like I think I had kids and just watching movies became less of a thing I did. Although I'm kind of coming around on movies because I feel like, okay, you have an evening, you have two hours before you're like tired and want to go to bed what can you do that you can finish in two hours? Not a video game, a movie. So what Listen did I Listen to Crofton talk about Marvel's Avengers. Yeah, you can also do that. But what I did was, after I watched Godzilla vs. Kong, I'm like, oh man, I should really catch up. Because again, you know, Kong Skull Island, um, Godzilla King of the Monsters, those two films are right up my alley in terms of big budget, monster movies, Godzilla that's that is that is ryan's favorite type of movie to a t so i watched i I do like how you keep saying godzilla like you're like so it's like my favorite movie because you know godzilla Godzilla. because godzilla godzilla like that's why godzilla really that's all you gotta know it is a genre all its own you've got like it's not very often you get movies where you have these big giant monsters running around and causing causing a mess like it's just a I, you know what you could you can watch your falling skyscrapers you can watch your earthquake films you can watch your tornado films like that doesn't interest me giant freaking monsters crofton that's all i have to say and look if you haven't seen any of these and you say uh maybe i'll watch one just so ryan stops bugging me you have to watch skull island it's got samuel L. jackson tom hiddleston 
Brie Larson. It's like a Marvel meetup before, you know, Marvel. Well, I guess it was right within the Marvel. But anyways, it's did Ashley watch it with you? No, no, she did not. Um, But she would be confused about who Samuel L. Jackson is. (laughs) She'd be like, who's that guy? Like, it's Nick Fury, for Christ's sake. Um, (laughs) That's a call. Um, no, I, I would say you should watch Skull Island. I, I think Jess would enjoy it because it it has the action. It has the comedy. It's got a big, giant Kong running around punching monsters and stuff. It's really good. Is it on Netflix? Uh, no, that one. Is it on Amazon Prime? I don't think it's. Is it on Disney Plus? Okay, fine. Don't watch Kong Skull Island. I'm have... not going to watch it. If it's not on one of those three things, I'm not watching it's it. It's not. I had to I had to rent it. So I guess if you don't want to rent it, you could just... It's you... just hard because I, I pay for it. all these services and they've got so many movies. And to be like, oh, I'm kind of mildly interested in this one. So let's shell yeah. out real money for it. I'm going to go off book, basically, is what you're looking at. And yeah, yeah I get, I get I... that side of it. Speaking of switching sides, before we move to the diaper section, can you play the bumper? Yep. Mr. Stinky? That actually, that one kind of works. You think I should keep that? <laughs> well, It's from mean... a zombie movie, and I just, I was trying to find something that would work for diapers. And I have, I have other ones here uh, that are in the same line. Not Mr. Stinky. Brett. Jenny, this rat has a brilliant mind. I will not have you poison him with your boyfriend's party supplies. So, I don't think that one that's, works quite as well. No, that... That's too long. I, I just the Mr. Stinky is making me think of something that's not in the notes that I just wanted to mention, which is that uh, Clara, my uh, two-year-old, is essentially almost completely potty trained, um, and uh, that that was a big milestone for her. We're really excited. She's been doing great. She just like turned it on. Decided this was something she wanted to do. She's really proud of it. Lots of high fives going around. She's handling all aspects of it really well. It's making us very happy. We're looking forward not to paying for diapers. And I mentioned to Ryan off off show that that Dungeons and Diapers were now Isabel is holding the torch for the diapers yeah. because uh, like now Clara still wears some overnight, but once she drops those, I mean, I'll be diaper free. Nice. Now um, on the diaper uh, subject, so Caden. How how did you how did you broach the the sort of like potty training's one thing, but then diapers? Are we still talking like diapers in in the evening? Like, do you still have your your kids wearing like a nighttime diaper, or are they getting up in the middle of the night and going to the bathroom? Or well, like Gwen is sick, so she doesn't wear diapers. Um, no, but no, uh, okay. so yeah, but, no, Katie's yeah. got a little bit to go, but. But uh, Clara is uh, is two and going to be three soon, and she wears her overnight diapers. And in fact, while she's pooped in the potty, and she can totally do it, she's now in the habit of kind of like we, – so we got her this grow clock that tells her it goes green when it's time to get up. She, so she's gotten in the habit of like waking up like 10 minutes before the grow clock. It, it's yellow for the 15 minutes before, and she – she feels she can't leave her room until it goes green. So she has this little tent we got her in her room. And so she goes into the tent and just drops a deuce in her diapers. <laughs> um, and, and, and then she goes in to see us when Melly, the clock's called Melly. When Melly goes green, she runs into our room and says, Mommy, Mommy, Daddy, Melly is green. Melly is green. Time to get up. Also, I have a poop. 
uh, and uh, we're like, oh God, and it's often huge. And so I'm just, but so we need to have a conversation with her to be like, you can leave your room to go poop on the potty. And Jesse was like, should we put the potty in her room? I was like, no. It'll be in the bathroom. And then you get, she, yeah, then you have to, she, that's a Pandora's box. No, she not. can she can go in and and poop poop there. And so um I but what she does, like I don't think she's so far from from it, but like she just started potty training. She's doing great. No no real accidents. Everything's going awesome. But to answer your question, I think it'll be a few months before she goes without a, a diaper at night. Yeah, we um. And I, I mean, uh, we'll just talk about it. I don't know if this makes us uh, not necessarily bad parents, but kind of like stalling the progress in that once we got Caden and Abigail good on potty training, we didn't really take the next step to do like, I guess, like night, night, night. It's not night training. I don't know. Like Caden still wears a night diaper, but really we should probably be looking to, you know, transition him away from that. He just turned five i know some people like it, it can take longer than others abigail it took a while to get her to really latch on to potty training she's been doing really well now no mistakes um it, you know but there was a stretch there where she got the concept but she'd like you'd put her on time out because she did something she shouldn't have and uh you had to bring the potty up because if you put her on time out she would as soon as you put her up there and you close the door, she would like either crawl into the bed at worst or like sit on her bed and just pee on purpose. And it was like she was using it as a weapon. And, you know, we, we finally uh, we got that we got that sorted out. But, yeah, we haven't really done the whole night training thing. Abigail, honestly, would be pretty good because she usually has a, you know, a dryer diaper in the morning. But Caden just he I don't know. Um, how do you, how did you tackle that? Like, you just don't let them drink water after a certain time or. You know what, Ryan, to be honest, I don't remember. Like, uh, it just sort of happens. Well, Gwen, Gwen is, you know, she's, she's not worn like she's six, uh, you know, six and a half. She hasn't worn a diaper for like, you know, years and years. And so I don't, I don't remember when what we exactly did to to get over the hump of the nighttime mm-hmm. uh, i think gwen d- took the lead uh i do remember there was a couple of pee accidents in bed but she wanted to and uh, and the bathroom is very close to her room in our old house in particular it's still close to their rooms now i think with with clara like like i i will keep an eye on it and maybe it'll be longer than i thought maybe it'll be more than a couple of months i think it's going to be but um I think that the will is there and her diapers are pretty light mostly in the morning, except for the fact she drops a giant turd. <laughs> so, um, so, so we'll, we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to look into it, but we can exchange, we can exchange notes because we're now both in the same space with them, with some of our kids. Uh, I know, I know we got a lot going on, so it is, it is tough sometimes to get, but Caden at five, like he should be, he should be wrapping it up. Guy's got to stop peeing in his diaper. <laughs> yeah i uh i think it's just one of those things where we just never really uh, of course we're gonna get a we're gonna we're gonna revisit it and um make sure like he's good he like i think but just once once he's asleep he's like asleep and i wonder if it would just be a matter of having that conversation with him and saying like look if you need to go to the bathroom you can get up in the middle of the night 
but now he's starting to get into the well if the lights aren't all on like i'm afraid um but you know knock on wood he's fine in his bed uh so we're we're also kind of dealing a little bit with that um to the point where when we were doing homeschooling in the basement um i have to like turn the light on in the laundry room which again is fine because it's like a dark corner of the room like you know i understand that side of it but like we're getting to the point where he's wanting me to turn the light on in the in the living room when we're eating dinner in the kitchen and it's like buddy like we're all right here the lights on here look it's all good so yeah we're kind of um I think I think I'll have to, you know, talk to Ashley and you will have to look at the nighttime stuff. But but the good thing is that we could probably do both Caden and Abigail at the same time so they could have some camaraderie there and and not, you know, wedding themselves. And feels uh, like you they're like, I don't know about your kids, but my like if Gwen ever thought Clara was going to do something before her she would lose her mind, you know, like Katie. she would be like, you know, so I, I don't know if Katie cares about that. Katie probably wouldn't care. Although they're Abby, closer though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Abby, Abby would certainly, um, if roles were reversed, right. Abby, Abby would care. I think, I think the soul, I think Abby is obviously moving a, a little bit quicker and some, you know, people do say like in terms of potty training, girls are, are better at it than, than boys. And I think, yeah, that I, could be too. I think that I've seen that specifically with Caden and Abigail. Um, but uh, yeah, like I, I think, I think yeah, we'll have to revisit that. I would, sure. I would also like, like I will do homework and I will get back to you on, in terms of, uh, in terms of what we did last time and, and, uh, you know, get a better sense. Jesse, bless her heart, would know more than me. Uh, but I would also do a call out to listeners here and say, mm -hmm. like, anybody who has experience with this recently, uh, who wants to let us know, um, you know, not the the potty training in itself, in and of itself around the house, but that last, that last like diapers during sleep time. Um, you know how how you navigated that with your kids or maybe maybe you're about to uh, and want to want to know more but uh, let us know you can email us dad at tgistudios.com you can also um uh do the twitter stuff we got dndcast at twitter um which we will mention at the end as well um so we are now formally that was a preamble to the diapers section ryan how is the homeschooling going for you guys um it, you know i think it's going well caden is is really i mean he's he's kind of a pro at it i mean i know a lot of kids have kind of been thrown back into it with the stay-at-home order uh here in ontario but for caden he's been doing it full-time since september and he's he's really getting a a good nap for it he's he's really learning like we've seen a lot of progress with his writing and his and his drawing like i i think he's getting a little like too comfortable which is probably not too comfortable like he's getting really used to it where he's getting he's getting a really good rapport for, with his teachers and his and his classmates um to the point where he's like correcting his teacher like he'll unmute his mic not necessarily correcting but um, they're they're doing like dinosaur thing like one of these stories is like he's they're doing dinosaurs they're learning about dinosaurs and the teacher is explaining like um, how dinosaurs and humans couldn't have coexisted since they're millions of years separated by millions of years and Caden unmutes his mic and he says oh um, madame actually uh, there is a, a movie that isn't for kids that has dinos and humans living together so I just I think you should know that 
but it's not for kids. <laughs> his words, not mine. And I'm obviously down there with him. And uh, he mutes his mic again. He's like, buddy, where did you get that? And, and, and I try to remember, like, I know I probably talked to him about a Jurassic Park, not about the, the explicit details, because Jurassic Park is definitely not for, for a five-year-old. But a lot I think... of Disney deaths in that one, if you get my saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there is, like, a. I think he watched a couple of episodes of the Netflix um, Jurassic Park for kids. So there is, like, a legit Jurassic Park series, animated series for kids. And the dinosaurs don't break out and it's just happy. Well, okay. No, that is not necessarily the case. But here's the thing. All the kids, it's called Camp Cretaceous, and all the kids just happen to miraculously survive any encounter that in a normal Jurassic Park scenario would be would mean certain death. And I, I was having a, fr- a conversation with a friend of mine ab- about this and about this specific encounter and and he said he said well yeah like if Caden hasn't watched Jurassic Park and he's watched a lot of kids cartoons then obviously he doesn't feel that there's like imminent danger for these kids but as as adults who have seen Jurassic Park we know that those kids are so freaking lucky cuz that raptor would have tore them apart <laughs> but no in the in the show like oh it's just phew i made it out of there that was so close um but i thought it was pretty funny that he was uh He's getting so comfortable with it. He's just like dropping knowledge bombs on on his teacher and his classmates. And uh, I just I wonder sometimes like uh, he'll say something to the teacher, and I and I think like just out of oh for his birthday he got um, some Super Mario Lego, and he was so excited because he wanted a poison set. He wanted the poison set, which is something they added with the with the wave two, and he comes down on his birthday and he's yelling at, at his classes like. You know, they asked, oh, did you get anything cool for your birthday? And he's like, I got a poison set. I got a poison set. And I'm thinking to myself, like, they're going to think worst case scenario. He's like, he's going to start concocting potions or like best case scenario. He's just he's mislabeling a chemistry set. And I said, buddy, you have to explain to your teacher that it's a Lego set. It's for Mario. And it's just a poison level. Like, it's not anything nefarious. Like we're gonna get we're gonna get an email from the teacher or something about how Caden <laughs> is somehow reporting things uh, to his class. So, anyways, he's he's having a great time with it. I gotta say, like having you know a podcast in one year, work in front of me, and then a kindergarten class in my other year has been interesting to say the least. And some days are easier than others. But uh, why do you yeah. have a podcast in one year? Because I'm trying to. I'm just trying to like. I, I always listen to podcasts while I'm working. That's just what I do. Because I'm always like, I'm either I'm either coding or I'm responding to emails or I just need to But you've got out. a kid next to you. Who is busy with class. Like, I have nothing to do with it. He's good. All right. Uh, Gwen is also good. And uh, I've been really, really impressed. In Ontario, there has been a stay-at-home order, which you mentioned. So I have not been doing the homeschooling thing. But since before Christmas... It's being shut down, and we just found out today that kids are going back. And oh my god, I'm so excited! It's just been really hard. Like we talk on the show about the balance, and the balance has been off. And my wife is tired. I'm tired. Um, it's been tough to, to come back from uh, Christmas holidays and and get that get that balance back. And uh, and hopefully we'll we'll start seeing it next week. But I have just been so impressed with Gwen because. 
I see like be it my colleagues or I see some of the other kids in Gwen's classroom. And I realize like, like I have a kid that shows up that her class has started at 8 a.m. She's sitting in front of her tablet. It turns it on. She's listening. She's in grade one and she's paying like attention, trying to learn math, trying to learn all this stuff. And I'm there supporting her as best I can, but she's just so, so independent. So I'm, I, you know, I'm very proud of her as I was of Clara and the potty training. Like they both are really doing amazing. Um, in this situation that we're, you know, that we're in, but I know that she's missing her friends and it's tough to be both a parent and a best friend. Cause essentially that's what I am for Gwen right now. Um, and we, to that end, what, what I've, what I've been doing is cause like with the shutdown order, like we're trying not to go to the park, we're trying not to do a lot, but we want to get outside. So I've introduced Pokemon go. Um, and she's, she's not, um, being exposed to the phone much. She's not being exposed to um, Pokemon, period. Uh, but she got me for Christmas uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, which we've been playing on the Switch. It's my first experience playing a Pokemon game. I never played any Pokemon games before. I understand this is a remake of Red and Blue and Yellow and the first ones. Um, and uh, so it, it's a good starting point for both me and her. And it works with Pokemon Go. Like you can transfer the Pokemon you catch and Pokemon Go to it. Uh, and uh, it, it, it's interesting in that regard. And Pokemon Go has changed a lot since I first played it in 2016. That's the only Pokemon game I ever played. because It was such a craze. I felt I had to check it out. Um, so I, I, I've been playing that as well. And that's been great because it's actually gotten Gwen out of the house. And I, she's been, you know, I, she, I know it's more like the screen time has just been a lot because she's at school on the screen and then she wants to watch a show or she wants to play the switch game. And like, what are we going to do? We're in a stay at home order and it's and it's winter and it's cold. Like, what are we going to do? So to get her outside, the Pokemon let's go is great because really she just wants to walk to hatch the eggs, which, which is a, a certain amount of steps. And every once in a while we'll go to, to the, to outside the park and be able to tap the poke stops. We, we, beat our first gym, which I'd never done before. And we were cool on that. We were sitting in a snow bank doing that. So, so it's something that she enjoys and, um, and, you know, like I'm trying to keep her away from anything micro transaction or anything like that, but I, I'm very sick of Pokemon. Let's go. We're at the very end here. We beat the game and now we're just collecting Pokemon. And uh, it is a remake of a Game Boy game. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, it's very limited in terms of what you're, what you're getting. And it, it is very great for a six-year-old. I cannot think of much of a better game. Like she's just learning to read and there's so little text and she can just like, sometimes she can make out stuff herself. And it works co-op super well with parents. So this is what's great. You take the other uh, switch controller, you shake it, and then all of a sudden you're you're a support trainer and you're running around in the same way as you you play co-op in Animal Crossing, uh, where you're just kind of there. Uh, but what's great is when you get in fights, it's like two on one. It feels almost unfair. Like you've got these two Pokemon against you know one. Uh, opponent and catching pokemon is now like i guess it didn't used to be this way but it's like pokemon ghost style and you you sort of cast out like a fish like like you're fishing with your you know with your switch controllers like you're throwing the ball and gwen and, and you get a bonus to catch if you can sync it up 
So like Gwen and I are doing like one, two, three, and then we throw the ball at the same time and we try to sync it out. And when we do, there's this great satisfying graphical effect. I'd say that's the best part. The best part of the game is everything that they've added, the new stuff as part of Nintendo's mantra of like being more co-op friendly. It's really great for a dad and daughter game, dad and son game. So the only thing is for parents, it gets it gets old man. Like I was you know, I'm sick. I'm pretty sick of it. And she's still like, oh, let's go and collect them all. And I'm like, oh, God, can we just move on to something else now? You know? <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you on that. Um, did uh, did you like I, I think I think that's really important in that with uh, the stay at home order and, and trying to balance like work and class and also um, leisure time. And, and there's a lot of a lot of those options, you know, kind of fall to, to screens, but you're right. Like there's still opportunities to get out, but in some areas are more harder hit than others with, with COVID cases. But, you know, we've been, we actually, um, I don't have this in the notes, but Ashley, uh, who, who's awesome. I, she wanted to do like an outdoor rink and I thought, ah, how's that going to work? And she bought this like kit. It's like a $30 kit. And it's just a big giant plastic bag that you fill with water, you let freeze, and then you you just take the plastic bag off or the top off of it. And I was very skeptical, but it's worked really well. And the kids have been going out every day and shoveling off the ice and going for a little skate. And like they are skate, they're skating probably uh, at a level that I sort of stopped at, which is not great. But hopefully they get a little bit better. But yeah. That's great, man. That's super awesome. Like I at first I was gonna say you should just freeze the pool, right? <laughs> but then I realized that yeah. you filled it with dirt. Um but uh but yeah, no, I, I've also why, been why out even, to I shouldn't uh, I shouldn't I, even I, brought it up. I should have seen I, that coming a mile away. <laughs> yeah, you probably should have. But uh I, I will say that uh that I've also been uh, out trying to get out there skating and the people behind me like have an outdoor rink and it's like a full like they have a bigger backyard so you guys you guys how big is this kit and how big is the rink um it's not it's not huge i'd say maybe like six feet wide by like 12 feet long maybe 15 feet long like it's a very it's a smaller patch of ice but for Uh, a five-year-old and a and a three-year-old it's perfect um it's not gonna work it's not gonna like you know appease uh an adult looking to skate i mean it's not like that, but it's it's a good chunk of, of surface for for um, for my kids. And uh, I was really I was skeptical. I was like, oh, 30 bucks for a giant plastic bag. How's this going to work? And, you know, Ashley and I filled it up and we let it freeze. We followed the instructions. And sure enough, when we took the plastic off and we flooded it a couple times, it's worked really great. Like to the point where I could see us buying maybe next year, buying two two of them and trying to like stack like you know put them side by side and try to smooth out the area there like that could be that could you know offer a a a decent sized area for the kids to for the kids to skate so again once again proving that filling that pool and having an actual backyard has been really beneficial during this uh, global pandemic so take that crofton well, no, I, I'm glad, and I'm glad that you guys are finding solutions. Like, I, I'm really hoping that everybody out there, I know it's like everything is local, right? So I'm looking at Ontario, where I am, and I know that every province in Canada is different. Every mm-hmm. state in the in the United States, uh, as they they have a, a new administration that's probably going to enact some tougher and necessary measures. Um, it's going to be it, it. It is tough, and it is a long cold winter it was really cold today uh i think people are 
feeling are are feeling it. I know that we are we are feeling it here, and we're just trying to find ways, you know, to make it uh, to make it work. So, uh, if anybody has any great tips about stuff they've done around the house or whatever, I would I would be keen to to hear them. Sometimes you're just sometimes it's just being too tired, but other times it's like it. If I knew what to do, like like I sometimes I'll see a friend on Facebook has built a snow slide or whatever, and I'm like, wow, that's a great idea. Uh, I need to to think ahead and and plan out some some ideas. But that's the the energy that I lack. It's not the actual doing of things. So if folks have some good ideas of of things that they've done that uh, to entertain the, their kids or to get that keep them active um, when they can't go too far. You know, I, I'd be very keen on hearing because um, I, you know, we're running, we're running dry on some stuff now. And I, especially for Gwen, I just want her to look forward to things. Like I want her to be like, I want her to wake up and be like, Oh yeah, there's this to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, they're both really like enthused about the weekend. Like, Clara doesn't like going to daycare, even though I think she has a fun time when she's there. She's the only one that gets to hang out with her friends, and she doesn't really appreciate it. She's kind of jealous that Gwen gets to stay home with us. Gwen, meanwhile, would like to be is jealous of Clara going out, you know, and she's like, oh, I'm home having to be on the computer. And so nobody is happy about it. But the one thing that they share is that they're both excited for the weekend. But it is, there is something sad. Like, I'm glad that they're excited for the weekend because generally we do not much on the weekend because we're under a stay-at-home order. But there's something sad as well about your kids, like, at this at a three-year-old or less than a three-year-old being like, is it the weekend yet? You know, like... <laughs> There's, there's, oh there's, God, there's way too soon. Yeah, it feels just too. It feels too soon, and mm-hmm. it's unfortunate. But you know, it is, it is what it is. It's tough right now for everyone, and 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 I feel it. I feel it, and I know that everybody probably does uh, feel it as well. Yeah. Um. Any what what do you got going on there uh, on on the diapers side of things? Ryan, I'm I'm pretty much tapped out with my Pokemon talk. Yeah, well, I mean, um, I, I mentioned you know remote learning is still going well, and I think Caden is doing better with it because um, I think from a from a young age we kind of got him interested and engaged with technology in what we felt was a safe and responsible way. But like when when he got his own tablet and he was able to do class, he was really excited about that. Also, he had minimal interactions with uh with like a class setting so um he did he did like preschool you know two mornings a week and he did enjoy that and i think that kind of helped him get out of his shell a little bit but he's he's not really missing it you know because he never really had the real the real five day a week type thing i could see if someone was really used to that that would be a huge struggle so i think it's it's uh it's it's great that that gwen's doing doing well but i can understand how she would be missing her her classmates but um you know caden just had his his fifth birthday so we did a a covid safe birthday party um two video conference calls with the murphy side and then ashley's side and uh yeah it went really well um ate a lot of cake uh we opened gifts on over facebook messenger like so people could sort of hang around and and I mean it is what it is like it worked well I did say to Caden like um you know we experienced the whole you know Abby's at that age where she's getting she was getting a little jealous of of all the you know the gifts that Caden was opening and the birthday celebrations and I you know we had to explain to her it's like no it's Caden's birthday like you'll get to do this you know on your birthday and 
um all the gifts were you know shareable so Caden and abby got to enjoy got to enjoy them together um but you know i could tell Caden was you know a little upset because at least at the very least he's used to you know being around family at a birthday so i think um i think i think this year we're gonna try to do like his half birthday and maybe it'll be i hope by you know uh june july we'll be able to at least get together outside even if we have to social distance still i think that will that will probably make up for the fact that we had to do his birthday party over over zoom you know so i'm 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 thinking that's what we're going to do for him uh just because by june july it'll be a a lot safer to do that obviously impossible with or, or yeah not allowed during a stay-at-home order so we we stuck to our household and we we did it over zoom which was really weird but again with a kid who's uh who, who's got a pretty good grasp on on video conferencing technology because of his remote learning um he it didn't seem to phase him but i could tell he he definitely he would ask like okay so when are you when are we gonna get to get together you know and when do i get to do this and so we'll see how that goes um that's sort of the plan right now is to kind of do like a half birthday in june july but uh he's hanging in there he's doing really well with with school and and Abby's sort of, I'm trying to, that's the other thing while I'm trying to work. Like she's kind of, we've, uh, with three kids, like Ashley's up putting Isabel to sleep and then Abby's kind of just roaming. So that's the other great thing about, about Caden's teachers. Like he's in kindergarten. They're, they're very, it's very relaxed, very flexible. So oftentimes like Abby will join Caden for class and just kind of hang out. So, um, can't say it hasn't been hectic and I've been trying to focus and kind of, but also keep an ear out and try to help out when I can. But um, Ashley is such, you know, she's super prepared. She's kind of got everything sort of situated, like that whole basement's like like one whole wall is just like supplies for for Caden, and um, he's got kind of everything he needs whenever whenever they say, okay, grab your play-doh, grab your markers, grab your this, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been interesting. Although I will say, like, I really do hope he gets to or we get to a point where we are comfortable putting him him in class learning because i think he he will really enjoy it but abigail really is probably really going to need it i think she needs that that social uh interaction um to try to (laughs) try to get that because she hasn't really had she didn't really have the the preschool Mm -hmm. side of it so and that's what, you know, that's what kindergarten preschool is for. You know, like you're starting to learn in grade one, two, and three. Like I'm impressed at what they're learning in grade one. But before that, like if you're not at school with the kids, then like it's not even really worth it. Like, yeah, you're learning maybe a little bit of things, but it's mostly learning through play with your, co- you know, with your colleagues and your kids and whatever. But I, yeah, I... It's tough, and I'm glad, like, in Ontario, they just announced the kids are back to school. Um, Gwen's going to have to wear a mask. Uh, I mean, she's in grade one. They had, like, an exemption up to grade three, and now that's down, down. so it's the grade ones have to wear them. Uh, she, I thought we were going to get resistance on that, but she's like, oh, no, you know, like, if I get to go back, I, I, I'm <laughs> well, okay. I, I, I practice. I'm going to practice, and I think part of it was that she felt she couldn't really do it herself, and uh, we've worked with her on it, and I I just I think that she really does want to go back and that is that is kind of funny. I just think that like when I was a kid, you know, and older than her, like school was one of those things like, oh, school, you know, it's like, oh, you know, snow day or we get to stay home or that was always 
the best. But the reality is this is sort of a wake up. Like if, if school is taken away and constant exposure to your friends is taken away, it can be lonely and traumatic for the kids. And that's what they're trying to balance. They're not, they're not saying when they rescinded the order today and said like, okay, kids are going back on Monday. They're not saying that's going to solve anything. And they're not saying that it's safe now. What they're saying is that the damage from mental health to the kids and others is so, so much so that it's safer overall for them to go with the heightened risk of COVID than, than mm-hmm. to stay, to stay home. And so, you know, like, um, we're good. We're good with that. And we're, we're keen on, uh, and Gwen's keen on going, going back. And so we will see, and it's going to make my life so much easier in terms of managing, you know, work. And like, even like our Christmas holidays, we're all rock and roll because it's childcare all day and we got no support. Um, all the time at childcare it takes a lot of energy. And, but when, before in the fall, like, you know, Gwen would go to, school and Clara would go to daycare. And even though we were working, my wife and I had like the house to ourselves and it was, it was nice. And so next week potentially will be that. And it seems so exciting. So anyway, we will, we will see how it goes. If listeners, if you want to share your, uh, your COVID stories uh, of the long winter or your coping mechanisms or the stuff you do with your kids, um, uh, you know, please, please do. Uh, we, we would love to hear from you. Um, and so you can do that by going, uh, sending us an email, dad at tgistudios.com. You can uh, visit us on the web. We have a website, tgistudios.com slash dad. By the way, TGI Studios stands for the Gamers In Studios. And Ryan does another show called The Gamers In. You should check that out if you haven't already. TGIstudios.com slash dad is the website. All the old episodes are there. Um, you can also just tweet at us, D Cast uh on twitter or to us individually i'm at croft and steers ryan is at r murphy um and that's gonna do it for another super long but super interesting episode of dungeons and diapers hope to hear uh from you guys a little bit out there in the uh podcast verse maybe if you um if you write in i will advocate for you to have a seat at the committee uh, of the podcast senate uh maybe not we will see we'll see it depends what your questions are and with that we will close out the show ryan do you have any final words uh all i have is our closing bumper here so but first we go get Krispy cream Still working on it, but I think. <laughs> what is that from? <laughs> it's from? So these, so that clip and the Mr. Stinky are from uh, a movie you should not watch. It's called Return of the Living Dead: Rave to the Grave, and it's as terrible as it sounds. We watched it for Zombies Ate My Podcast, and uh, <gasps> yeah, there's also this one. Give us a call. We're at Motel Six, just off the interstate. It's really bad, and yeah. So. I like these are the clips that you chose. No, like, well, oh. I, I, the, like if you're looking for zombie clips, like, ah, uh, what do we got here? What's a really good one that that would be funny? Um, oh, uh, oh, here, this one. Hell yeah, we're gonna rave to the grave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one. Howdy, ma'am. You can relax. The good guys are here. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> oh, oh, oh god, this is soundboard is going to be. You show great restraint. Uh, you know what? Here's the thing. I haven't put a lot of like. Uh, uh, I will. I will do some dungeons and diapers specific ones. Obviously, a lot of these have been have been jokey, but uh, we'll get we'll get some bumpers made up. And uh, also, I'm probably going to keep this one. Skeptical face. So. <laughs> I w- I could not imagine a better use. <laughs>